Welcome back to this episode of Just Two Men. Uh, that is me and Zach. Yes, it is. Uh, you know, we were going to talk about the NFL a little bit. We'll get to it later on, but we're both baseball fans. It's the heart of MLB free agent season, and a lot of teams are signing players to big-time deals. We might as well start with the biggest one that impacts us since the uh, last week's episode. And that's Brandon Nimmo coming back on an eight-year, $162 million contract. Uncle Stevie not screwing around. Uh, I, You know, people say, obviously, we overpaid for him. But at the end of the day, we haven't had, like, a center fielder like him and as long as I can remember being a fan. So I'm all right with the overpay because he's still spending in other places obviously so i'm all right with it and i'm so excited to have at least nemo back rather than the not rather than the but if we're going to take somebody I, you know i was i was more surprised than anything that they were able to bring him back because uh, i know he was coveted among the free agent market and there was a rumor going around from somebody i don't know who it was and i don't know which team it was so before i get comments oh which team is this i have no idea Apparently, a team offered him as much as $27 million a year. Wow. So, yeah, he was very much a high commodity. I know the Yankees were interested pre-judge signing. Uh, I know Colorado was looking into him, but he stays in Queens. I saw something the other day that really, like, clicked with me, too, was, like, after his interview, after that amazing catch, was it against the Dodgers? Yeah, I think it was against the Dodgers. Um. That interview right there made me think, like, he's going to be here full-time, like, forever. Nimmo Just was, by the way he spoke in that interview. Nimmo is 29 years old. He will be with the Mets until age 37. He had 16 home runs last year, and from the leadoff spot, that's kind of exactly what you want. Yep. Mets no, was an unbelievable leadoff hitter, man. That's the biggest thing about him. I know, like, yeah, right. And he's become one of the better defenders at center field, so and it's somebody that the fans can rally around to, right? Oh yeah, like they loved what Brandon Nimmo brought to the table last year. Because the thing is, this the Mets already have quite a few power hitters on their roster. I'd like one more, but I also don't want to overpay. Yeah. Um, but we need just a solid contact guy, and Nimmo was that. Couple, a uh, couple minutes later, the Mets made another move, signing David Robertson, former Yankee, former Philly, to a one-year, ten million dollar contract. Yeah, I will yeah. take this. You know, yeah, keep building up the bullpen. Uh, keep building up that bullpen. I don't. I hope this is not a replacement for Adam Ottavino. I want to bring Ottavino back, but I understand if they can't. I think um, that other guy was his replacement. The oh, uh, Brooks Raley. Raley, yeah. I, I think he's going to be between him and Robertson. They're going to be the seven and eight. But you know, they'll probably jump back and forth between the two of them. But. They're, they're yeah. seven and eight setup guys. Like if, if that's our bullpen, like, that was our big weakness a few years ago, right? Because everybody's like, oh my God, the bullpen, the bullpen, the bullpen. When Familia was closing games for us, like, oh my God. Now we've got one of the best bullpens in the majors. Oh yeah. And Uncle Steve was not done. The cherry on top of the Mets Sunday, if you will, was signing Kodai Senga to a five-year $75 million contract. This was... The top of my list for this all. This, this made me this made me so happy because I tweeted out last week after Degrom signed that um I would like either Verlander, Senga, or Rodon. Yeah, I didn't think we were getting two of them. Yeah, no. But, but yeah, we came out with both, and I'm so excited for this next season. Because although we do have a lot more age on our pitching rotation, we also have a lot of very good uh, talent. talent and precise pitching. So I think of it like this, right? So you lose DeGrom, Walker, and Bassett. And apparently Carrasco's on the block, but I think he's going to stick around. Yeah, I think he'll be the five. Yeah. You replace DeGrom with Verlander, Walker with Quintana, Bassett with Sanga. Mm-hmm. I think that's an improved rotation. Oh, 100%. I tweeted out also, I said, this men's rotation is going to look very different than what we saw last year. And I don't think I know of a bigger switch in rotations so far in MLB this offseason than what we've seen out of Uncle Stevie and the New York Mets. 
three guys completely different. You saw it last year, like when, you know, like he was making moves for Lindor. Not was not last year, the year before when he's making a move for Lindor. You know, he gets what he wants done in a short period of time, and he makes sure all of it is in his favor. So, yeah, and there was talks about you know did did they give up too much for Lindor because you know with how Jimenez and Rosario are doing, both teams can yeah. win a trade, and both teams have won the Cleveland New York swap Lindor for Rosario and Jimenez. Absolutely, but yeah, a really good job by Steve Cohen to bring in these guys. A couple other moves. Uh, the Cardinals signed Wilson Contreras to replace Albert, uh, to replace Yadier Molina. And I know Cubs fans are not too happy about that. No, I'm sure they're not. But you know what? You can't blame them. Contreras had an okay year. 22 home runs, though. That's the, that's the big thing. I just I I feel like we touched on this before, but I, I feel like I've said this that you know it's good that they're replacing you know obviously the veteran for a veteran and a very solid catcher that Contreras is. It's perfect for the uh, for the Cardinals. We might have actually. The more I think about, it, I think we did actually touch on that. The one we didn't touch on, and I know for a fact we did, was the eleven year, two hundred eighty million dollar contract the Padres decided to give Xander Bogarts. Oh yes, so I don't think we did. What was that about? Listen, the, the Padres are trying to win, and I th- think after what happened with Tatis, they're either moving him to the outfield or trying to get rid of him. So that is a lot of money. It is a lot of money. That, that's like you're starting shortstop for life, like with that money. Yeah, for, but like you know, for the length of your career, it takes him through his forty season, uh, which is not the only long term. Uh, shortstop contract because last night late last night Carlos Correa inked his deal a massive 13 year 350 million dollar contract also in the NL West with the San Francisco Giants they had to sign somebody after they missed out on Aaron Judge they go out they get Correa do you think it's too long of a contract uh no yes but like I feel like that was the only way they were able to afford it was just offloading a couple extra years and making it like crazy money uh, years for them, for him. (laughs) Apparently the twins offered 10 by 285 would have offered $28.5 million a year over 10. Instead, the giants just upload the money, upload the years, and they essentially get somebody that they can build the franchise around. That's what really San Francisco wanted to do was to get somebody to build the franchise around. And they get to do that with Correa. Now they're starting shortstop for essentially what is going to be much of our next 20 years. Yeah. Uh, there in San Francisco. Uh, had a pretty good year in Minnesota, hit 291, which is really, really good. Um, Giants also got Ross Stripling and Sean Manaya, and they still want to sign Carlos Rodon. They still have the money for it, but I don't know if there's any room on the roster for him. Yeah. I don't think they do either. I don't know. You think he's a Yankee? I think he's a Yankee, yeah. Something tells me yes, but there's this voice in the back of my head that's like, man, Minnesota's pissed right now, and they have money. Do they just go out and get Rodon, Swanson, somebody like that? I do think Swanson ends up with the Dodgers, by the way, after all of this shortstop shuffle. Yeah. Uh, Did you see the Sean Murphy trade? Did to uh, what was it, the Braves? The yes. Braves, where they sent William Contreras to Milwaukee. Oh. I know, I know you wanted a catcher. I, th- I didn't know you were going to trade essentially an all star starting catcher. Yeah, really. For him, uh, I love Contreras. I <laughs> what I love more is the two Contreras brothers in the same division. Yeah. What I hate is the A's just giving, although, you know, the A's have given us their fair share of players, but, you know, the A's just get so many decent ball players from, or the Braves get so many decent ball players from the A's. They do have, um, they do have this catching prospect, Shane Langliers, who has been uh, very, you know, talked about highly in Oakland. So there was no room left for Murphy, I think. So that's kind of where uh, that led. Um, Blue Jays made a couple moves, signing Kevin Kiermeyer, Chris Bassett. You know, no room left for Bassett with the Mets. 
after the comments in game three of the wild card series, really wasn't inclined to bring him back. Glad he goes to Toronto. Gets a nice little payday, too. $21 million a year. Oh, yeah. And the Twins also got Christian Vasquez. A couple names still out there. We talked about Carlos Rodon, Dansby Swanson. He must be thrilled seeing the Turner, Bogarts, and Correa contracts. He's going to be making some bank. Uh, Andrew Benintendi's name still out there. The Mets are still connected to J.D. Martinez. That's Uh, That's good. I want him. I wanted him during the trade deadline. He'd be the perfect DH. He would be. Because you can't be going into this season with Ruff or Vogelbach playing 100 And, and as much as I want to rely on Batty or uh, was it Alvarez, uh, I, I just think it's it's not good to just solely say that they're going to be our DH guys. We need somebody with pop. And J.D. Martinez is that guy. And, you know, we can rotate in. Alvarez and Beatty and let them get their fair share, but they shouldn't be every day. I also don't like, I also don't like the idea of just sending somebody out there, you know, prospect like a Francisco Alvarez, like a Brett Batty out there for a hundred plus games in your rookie season. It just, I've never been a fan of that. I know Alvarez had a lot of time in the minors, but you saw it during his limited action last year. He didn't seem comfortable. Yeah, you know, playing in that series against the Braves, that last regular season series against the Braves. So if you can have him play like 60, 70 games, get him acclimated, I think that would do wonders for the kid. Oh, yeah, wouldn't doubt it. So that's your latest MLB free agency news. Uh, Let's move on to football. Before we get into the NFL, uh, Mike Leach, coach of Mississippi State, did pass away. Uh, I believe it was um, Tuesday. Uh, 61 years old, heart attack. Oh, shoot. Yeah, that is that is tough, uh, especially if you're a Mississippi State, you know. He coached this season for the Bulldogs, you know, and I've watched him throughout his career. Players loved him. Media loved him all-around great guy and a tough, tough loss for the college football world. Um, not much not much more I could really say about that. He had a great showing at Texas Tech and, of course, with the Bulldogs uh, this past year, getting them to, I believe, the AmeriQuest Bowl it is. Um, so rest in peace uh, to Mike Leach. Tough, tough loss. Very tough. Let's go to the NFL. And we... I talked to Zach before I hit record. This might be the weakest um, slate of games that we've seen in the NFL so far this year. Um, mainly because, you know, you got you got teams clinching and trying to get the playoffs. But let's start with, with your team, Zach. What happened? Uh, it's, listen, 48-22 loss. The Giants, Eagles. Now, Giants should have never been at the record that they were. You know, we well, not that I, that I wouldn't say that. They've had a lot of injuries, and we knew that. And now we have no O line, and we are trying to get the offense going, and it's a lot tougher. I mean, it, it, there's nothing you can do about it. We just also I could have chalked this up as a loss weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an eleven-one team. What are you going to do? They're very good, very talented, and. We'll, we'll see what happens uh, later in the year. Yeah, and the thing is, I didn't expect the Giants to win this game. I think oh, all, yeah. of us, all of us except you picked the Eagles to win. I, did I, didn't, that think, I didn't think they were going to win by 26. I um, think that's the kind of the thing that's pulling people a little bit back yeah. by that. Um, now it is absolutely must win for you on Sunday night. Oh, definitely. I think it's – to. Yeah, like it will uh, isn't it playoff content? Like whoever wins is in. I don't know if who if it's whoever wins clinches. That might be a little too early for that. Yeah. But definitely whoever gets in gets the uh, the upper hand. Yeah. Absolutely okay. is is much more likely. I know next week we're probably going to talk about percentages. If the Giants did win, if the Giants lost, like we'll talk about that later when we get to the picks. But that is a huge, huge huge game arguably the biggest of the year yeah. um 
you know, at least not only for the Giants, but maybe for the entirety of the NFL as it comes to playoff implications as a whole. Baker Mayfield led a 98-yard game-winning touchdown drive within two minutes. Yeah. He was there for two days. Yeah. And he, and he didn't took, even know the playbook. Took the Raiders to town. A couple things I love of this, and, and Tony put this in, in our group chat, but he said he bought a plane ticket to L.A. before the claim was announced because he just had a feeling. Yeah. And apparently he didn't know where the locker room was after the game. He didn't know his way around the stadium. That'll happen. I love that. (laughs) No, they, I mean, I, I am all in on Baker again. I never thought he was that bad. I think, uh, Cleveland kind of screwed him a bit and they, for whatever reason, passed on him for no reason. Like, yeah, very early. Like, they, they were in the playoffs. Like, it's not like he didn't bring them to any type of playoff appearance. So, I don't get I don't get what they were doing. And, of course, despite the Rams being virtually eliminated from the playoffs, they want to win these games. They want to make that Detroit pick as high as possible. And speaking of Detroit, beating the Vikings 34-23, beating my Vikings, um, I'd say I'm shocked by this loss, but I'm really not. Mm-hmm. You know, the Lions have been one of the hottest teams in football over the past number of weeks, putting up 34 points on what has been the last ranked pass, uh, pass defense in the NFL. And it showed allowing them to get so many damn third down conversions. I'll say this, this might be my, my hot take of the year. I know they're six and seven. I think Detroit makes the playoffs. Really? Yeah, I could see it. I really do. Just the way they've been playing recently has been fantastic. And now you add Jameson Williams to that mix and you have a voice in Dan Campbell and you have a much improved offensive line and an, and, and a quarterback that's willing to throw the ball. They could absolutely make the playoffs. This was a huge win for him. Uh, can still clinch the division if we beat the Colts on Saturday, which we better beat the Colts on Saturday. Just, I hope. Yeah, but- that's going to concern me if they don't. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man, I wish we had John here to talk about the Michael Carter fumble toward that end of that Cat Bill game. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was not happy. I'm sure. How could you How could you be uh, excited about that? I was watching this game because mine was virtually over by this point. And I saw the fumble. I went, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Somewhere. Somewhere in the Gallietta household, he has cursed out Michael Carter for this. Because this is a winnable game for the Jets, too. Oh, yeah. Like, they could have won this game, and they let it slip away. As a Stefan Diggs fantasy owner, by the way, I am not happy about his stat line from this game. He only got me, like, six points, I think. Uh, no. Um, but, yeah, Bills moved to 10-3. and three. They are now the number one seed in the AFC. Uh, Bengals beat the Browns 23-10. Another subpar showing for Deshaun Watson. Bengals are rolling, man. Uh, are they, though? Who they have they been beating? So, Well, they beat KC. Like, okay, yeah, I'll give them they, they beat Kansas. They beat Cleveland with Watson, although Watson still is showing First a little bit. Back. Oh, second game back. Yeah. So the Bengals are on, I believe this is a five-game winning streak. It is a five-game winning streak. Beating the Panthers 42-21, I know. Beating Carolina shouldn't be really considered impressive. But they only have one loss since October 16th, and that is losing to uh, the Browns on Halloween night uh, in Cleveland. Every Mm -hmm. single game afterwards, they've won. 37-30 over the Steelers, 20-16 over the Titans. That was a really good game. Of course, beating the Chiefs in in Paycor uh, two weeks ago. A week and a half ago, which again, that's where like all oh, man Cincinnati's back, and then of course beating the Browns. Now they've got the Buccaneers on yeah. on Sunday. I think they could beat Tampa. Then they got a couple tough ones though: New England, Buffalo, and Baltimore, all playoff teams. Mm-hmm. So they're going to need to prove their might. But again, winning you know six of your last seven can't complain about that. No, you can't. And plus, Joe Burrow is is slinging that rock right now. He is. He started. He 
he just bothered me in the beginning of the year. Oh, are you are you a Joe Burrow fantasy owner too? Fantasy owner. Uh, I he kicked me out of the uh, suicide pool, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing is better though. I wouldn't say nothing's better. Nothing is more entertaining than you and our group chat. Like midway through the one o'clock games, they'll be like, "I hate Kirk Cousins <laughs> for what well, he's doing listen, for me in fantasy." He is reluctantly my starter because, well, at least this week, uh, Chicago had a bye, right? Yeah, and Cousins yeah. had a good game though on Sunday. He did have a good game. Well, didn't start off as a good game. He scored yeah. last. I, I think he had seven points at halftime, so I was really worried. Yeah, that was. But yeah. the end of twenty-two. I will, as a fantasy owner, I will applaud him and say good job because he's he shouldn't be there. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing though because it's one of those things, and there's always those certain quarterbacks where like the first half is just uh, well, you got to be moving the ball. Brady's been doing that for years. Yeah, like it's like oh man, you got to be moving the ball a little bit more, and then the second half it's just Jefferson, Jefferson Thielen, Thielen, like just throwing the ball end zone, like it's crazy it's a i said it on this podcast it's a weekly heart attack um watching watching vikings games it is just the blood pressure is going up and down up and down up and down yeah and and i feel it i got burrow in the too many men league and i'm facing tony this week in the playoffs round one i'm nervous i would be too i'm not i haven't even looked at the schedule for the playoffs this year week yet do you want to know who you're playing the two in the men league, sure. Who am I playing? I think you're I'm playing, playing Mike Alietta, right? Yeah, you're playing John's brother, Mike. I, I beat him. No, I lost last week to him. Oh, so it's two games in a row. Yeah, two games in a row. So yeah. we'll I had the number one seed, and I just let it slip away. <clears throat> it slip yeah. away. The last minute. <clears throat> Frustrating. By the way, in case anybody was curious as to the standings of the Too Many Men League, uh, John and Trish, Tom, John, Trish, and Tom are all in the consolation bracket. Yeah. Three of the regular members of this podcast are in the consolation bracket. That's not good. All right. Uh, I'm the three seed. I'm facing Tony. Uh, Zach is the five seed. He is facing John's brother, Mike. Uh, John's other brother gets to buy. And one of Tony's friends gets uh, the second buy. So that's kind of how the playoffs are going. There is a chance that me, Zach, or Tony do end up winning this league. Yeah. I walk away $100 richer. So we will update you on that as the uh, as the fantasy season rolls on. Uh, meanwhile, back to the actual games. Ravens beat the Steelers 16-14. Uh, Tyler Huntley, Lamar Jackson, the light, uh, did okay. Not great. Uh, he was questionable to return for a little bit as well, I saw. Um, but the Ravens still got the dub. They're 9-4. and four. Ty with Cincinnati still for first in the AFC North. Yep. All right. I'm patting myself on the back for this one. I'm Why? patting myself on the back because I was the only one of the bunch that picked the Jaguars to beat the Titans. And they did. 36-22. Yeah, they, they did. Honest, to be fair, I didn't think Lawrence was playing because I saw the in, the injury that he had the week before. Oh, it, it did not look good. It didn't look good, so I didn't think he was playing, and then we made these picks, and I had no idea. Lawrence had a great game, too. He did. He, you know, he went 30 for 42, 368 yards, and three touchdowns. Three touchdowns, two of them to, uh, to of all people, Evan Ingram. <laughs> yeah. He had fifty. He had eleven receptions on fifteen targets. I didn't start him in fantasy. He had like thirty-three points. Because you know why would I start Evan Ingram? No, like, no. <laughs> I mean, listen, we watched the same Giants games last year. Oh yeah, we we knew Evan Ingram was like, oh man, I'm not sure about him. Then he gets that big money contract from Jacksonville, and he does this. Okay, well, it's tough. Fool me once, I guess. Yeah. Bad day for ETN. I just saw that. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 32 yards. Derrick Henry, though, he does own the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is the Jacksonville Jaguars' daddy, if you will. 121 yards and touchdown uh, on the ground, but it wasn't enough. And Jacksonville, two games back in the AFC uh, 
in the AFC South. Tough game this week, though, against the Dallas Cowboys. Although Dallas almost lost to Houston. Oh, yeah. Well, we were was it? Houston played great, though, that game. Like, and I called it. I did. I really wanted, I took the spread. I took. I thought that was way too big of a spread for an NFL game. I don't care who's playing who, especially this season. We got another big Houston spread on Sunday. By the way, I don't know if you saw it or not. Uh, I did not against KC. No, I did not. Yeah, I think it's minus fourteen on DraftKings for the Chiefs. Yeah, that's just too big. What are we doing here? The fact that they almost won after all of that impressed me no it, it definitely was impressive um I, and i don't know if this was more of and this is what i was going to ask you because i was debating this myself for the past couple of days is that more of houston playing well or are you concerned about dallas mm, no i think that's just houston playing well I think uh, so too. you know they're still 10 and 3 it's not not the end of the world here yeah it's it's not like this is you know, the playoffs are like a make or break game to get into the playoffs. Like you're playing the Texans in the middle of the season. You're obviously in, I, I think you're allowed a, a mishap. Yeah. I think every one, by the way. So it, yeah. No again, if you get the win, you get, you the don't win. need to blow everybody out. As long as you win, it doesn't matter. I believe every team should get like one mulligan for a really bad game, especially if you're a contender, like, Minnesota, the 40 to three game against Dallas, uh, Philly, the Monday night game against Washington, mm-hmm. or even the Colts game, you could say for Philly, uh, Dallas against Houston. Um, so stuff like that, right? Like, yeah. I could see, I could see this being like, oh man, this is a little bit of a wake up call for the Cowboys. But again, I'm not panicking. There's no reason for Cowboys fans, uh, to panic, uh, at, at least after this. Um, but next week, not not this Sunday, but Christmas Eve, they have a important matchup against the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh yeah. Are you curious to know the spread of the Cowboys Jaguars game on Sunday? Oh, what's the spread? Cowboys minus four. Yeah, no that that sounds about right to me. I'm surprised it's not higher for Dallas. I'm surprised it's not like minus six. Yeah, me too, but... Well, again, Jacksonville's been playing well, though. He has been. By the way, if, if Jacksonville beats Dallas, I think you can not say, like... Not say they're the favorites for the AFC South, but I think Tennessee should be at least a little bit worried. Yeah. No, um, I think you're right. Moving to the 4 o'clock slate, the Broncos put up more than 20 points in a game. Oh, my God, holy shit, they can do it. Uh, still lose to Kansas City 34-28. Russ got walloped. I don't know if you saw that hit that Russ took. I did not. Oh my god, he got laid out like cold. It really? looked bad. it looked bad. <laughs> it, it like he got just laid out. Uh Brett Rippon came in, did okay. Russ is uh questionable uh to play on Sunday for the Broncos, but Chiefs end up getting the win. I didn't think the over was going to hit, <laughs> uh, but they scored 34 points uh, en route to the uh, the road win. This is the 14th straight game that the Chiefs have beaten the Denver Broncos. Jeez. They haven't beaten Denver hasn't beaten Kansas City in seven years. I mean, it's just tough to, uh, you know, have Russ come in and just not what he was expected to do all of us on this podcast not just me and zach but that includes tony trish we're all high on russell wilson finally leaving the thumb of fucking seattle well what i was gonna say is and i'm not really including tom in this but all of us have graduated or have gone through college years our college years because i know trish didn't go all of us have gone through our college years without the Broncos beating the Chiefs. Yeah, that's pretty crazy, man. That is amazing. Uh, Denver falls to 3-10. and 10. They now own, or would have owned, the second overall pick in the draft, but Seattle owns their pick. <laughs> Speaking of Seattle, they needed a win to remain in the playoff picture. 
They didn't get it. They lost 30 to 24 to Carolina and Sam Darnold looked damn good. Uh, what game was this? Sorry. Seattle, Carolina. Oh, I didn't watch this game. Oh, you know what? I saw some of it. My dad picked them in picked Seattle in the suicide pool this week. Oh, yeah, that's that's a tough one. No. Tough one. I don't blame him. I thought it was a good matchup, too. Um, yeah. But now Carolina is one game back of the NFC South. Wow. A team that we thought was tanking five weeks ago. I mean, that's what happens when everybody in the division sucks. Said they're done. And, yeah, we'll get to the, the next team that sucks later. Everybody said they were done. And Steve Wilkes has this team playing hard. You know, they might not be the most feared team in the division, I still don't think they are. But as long as you're playing hard and you're competing to win these games, you're in a good spot. And Carolina did so going into Seattle, a historically tough place to win football games and one that's impressive. Yeah, very. Speaking of impressive, let's talk about the Brock Purdy show, huh? Yeah, he showed up and I heard I saw a video saying that his parents bought tickets to that game because they were playing the Tom Brady. Yeah. And little did they know when they get there, their son is going to be playing in the game. Very cool story. 35 to 7. The Niners beat the Buccaneers. Now, before I get into this game, I wanted to talk about the parents thing a little bit. Because I saw a post from NFL Rumors of the video of Brock Purdy going into his parents. And it said his parents were very proud of him for his efforts against the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. And I texted Tony and I said, how else would you have expected them to react? Yeah. <laughs> Son, I'm disappointed in you. You should have been able to throw six touchdowns sure. against the Buccaneers. Like, come on, guys. Like, he threw three touchdowns. He's a Mr. Irrelevant and just laid out the goat. It's, listen, it's football. Like, just got to do what we got to do, man. AGS, any given Sunday. Uh, Niners move to 9-4. Clen- Ken clinched the NFC West with a win on Thursday night, tomorrow night, uh, against the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Sir. Sunday night football. Chargers beat the Dolphins 23-17. That is a big win for the Chargers to remain in the playoff mix. Uh, Justin Herbert. Look damn good. What are you going to say, Zach? Not expecting the Chargers to win that game. No, nor is I. I think we all picked Miami pretty convincingly. Uh, Tua, Tua didn't look great that first half. Like he looked, ugh. did yeah. But this was a battle between Tua and Herbert, and Justin Herbert shined and flourished uh, under the primetime lights. Uh, he threw for. And absolutely stacked. It was over 300 yards, 367 yards, 51 pass attempts, 39 for 51. And of course, found Mike Williams for the touchdown. Of course. Uh, Bills now have a two game lead over Miami in the AFC East. Miami does have the tiebreaker as of now, and the two teams still have to meet once more. But right now, Buffalo loved that. They love to see that. Oh, yeah. Well, how could you not? Yeah. Monday night football. Patriots beat the Cardinals 27-13. Colt McCoy came in in relief of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray is now out for the season. That's rough. Colt McCoy the starter for the rest of the year? Presumably. All right. I, I don't know who the backup is to Colt McCoy now that Kyler's out. Probably have to get somebody from, from the practice squad. I know they signed David Blau from our practice squad yeah. today. Um, while we're talking about injuries, though, Debo Samuel, I know he went down with a an injury. He got carted off. It didn't look good, but fortunately, it's just an ankle sprain. I know it's like just an ankle sprain, but he is expected to be back before the end of the regular season, which is a miracle because that looked not great yeah, no. on Sunday against the Buccaneers. So I'm glad to see he's going to be coming back. Kyler Murray and Rondell Moore, however, out for the year. Uh, Cardinals dropped to four and nine with this with this loss, and now they just announced today that general manager Steve Kime is taking a leave of absence due to health related issues, which is very sad to hear. Um, 
putting his moves aside, um, just from a health standpoint, hopefully he gets better soon. Um, speaking of Arizona, have you been watching the in-season hard knocks? No, I have not. I have not either. I was kind of banking that you were. <laughs> no, I have not been watching. No, I, I should start watching it. I, I probably should. I'm, I always watch like the NC. I watched the end season one for the Colts, like after last season ended. So I was like, I need my football kick. I need my football kick. So I just watched the, uh, the Colts one, but I can't imagine that's going well. No, I don't think there. so. <laughs> um, Patriots get the W. That is a big time W. Uh, for the Patriots without um, without Jacoby Myers, uh, Mac Jones still threw for 235 yards. That's that's still impressive. Um, but there you have it. Your Week 14 slate. Kind of wanted to run through it. Not nothing too too major. No, um, it wasn't a huge week. There weren't too many huge upsets. I mean, nah, maybe a poor play around the league too this week. Yeah, yeah I and I just go back to the. Um, I just go back to that Tom Brady quote, right? We're seeing a lot of mediocre football. Yeah. Right. We're seeing a lot of media, like a lot of teams just in the middle, you know, kind of just hanging around, especially ironically in the NFC South. Um, but let's go to week 15. Hopefully a little bit of a, a better week uh, for each of our teams. Cause this was the first week that all three of our teams, the Jets, Giants and Vikings all lost this year. Jeez. Listen, it's been a good year for us. What can I say? True. Like it's been a really good year. We're, we're, you know, every one of our teams is overachieving, so we need to be happy. Um, I didn't get anybody else's picks. So it's just gonna be Zach and I just discussing some of these games. Uh, Niner Seahawks Thursday, December fifteenth, Amazon Prime. Uh, don't know who's gonna be starting a quarterback for the 49ers. Uh, could be Josh Johnson. Could be Brock Purdy. We don't know. Uh, I'm going to take the Seahawks in this, though, at home. Yeah, I got to take the Seahawks at home, too. Uh, despite this, though, I believe San Francisco is still the favorite. Mm-hmm. Wait, no. Is Brock Purdy playing? I don't I don't know. Niners are minus three and a half. Tony probably won't allow Brock Purdy uh, clause. So I'm just going to stick with the 49ers no matter what. Yeah, because here's the thing. I saw Jimmy Garoppolo pass the ball eight times and, and then whooped the Packers in the <laughs> NFC title game. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't blame him for singing with the Niners. I'm going to go Seahawks because, again, I just think with the, the question mark at quarterback plus the home field advantage and the pressure that's on Seattle to win this game if they want to stay in the NFC West hunt, uh, that gives me just every confidence in uh, Seattle. Three Saturday games this week, one of them of great importance. Uh, well, the first one to me is of great importance. I'm taking the Vikings over the Colts. Uh, 10 3 Vikes, 4 8 1 uh, Indianapolis team in Minnesota. I think this should be, knock on, knock on wood, a, uh, a stress free Viking win. Vikings are only minus four. Damn. Uh, I don't uh, know if you're agreeing with me or not, but no, I do. I think I'm going to go Minnesota. I can't possibly take the Colts. Uh, Ravens Browns should be fine. What was that? I said the Vikings are home. They should be fine. Yeah, I've, I said that about Dallas, but no, uh, this is the Colts are not Dallas. We should be uh, should be able to get this win hopefully and uh, lock up the division in the process. AFC North showdown: the Browns against the Ravens. Uh, it is under. Uh, it is assumed that Tyler Huntley will get to start for Baltimore. Cleveland is actually three point favorites uh, on Saturday. I am going to go with the Browns actually to win this game at home. The over under is only thirty seven, but I think Cleveland's going to get the upset. Okay. I like that. You like Cleveland? You rolling with Cleveland? Yeah, rolling with Cleveland. They don't have uh, Lamar, so. You have still no Lamar out for probably another couple of weeks. Uh, I know they want him back for the playoffs, so might be worth it just to rest him, um, make sure he's healthy so that when Bal- when Baltimore eventually makes the playoffs, because I do think they're going to make the playoffs, um, make sure he's 100% good to go. Yeah. Big one here, though, AFC East, Dolphins, Bills in Buffalo. Hmm. 
Dolphins won the first game. I think you're going to take the Bills at home. Yeah, I'm taking the Bills at home. However, I will say this. I do like the Dolphins to cover. Oh, crap. I forgot there's Saturday games this week. Yeah, these are all Saturday games. Dude, I called John about two hours before we started recording this podcast because we were discussing. By the way, if you're going to Jets-Jaguars a week from Thursday, me and John will be there. But we were discussing our plans, like how we're going to meet up and everything. And John said the exact same thing. He was like, oh, my God, holy shit, there's Saturday games. Yeah. Like, yeah, I forgot that, too. And to be honest, I kind of like playing Saturday. Yeah, honestly. I, you know, because you're not competing against college football, but also like you could watch the games on Sunday and if they win, if the Vikings win and be like, who kind of take a little bit of a break, a little bit of a relaxing uh, thing. But the Dolphins are seven point underdogs. Damn. Seven's a little much, don't you think? That is a little much. Yeah. Uh, Eagles taking on the Bears in Soldier Field. Philly, it's it's Philly. Like this should be a Philadelphia win. Yeah, it should be. Uh, Eagles are are nine point favorites. We already discussed a little bit of Cowboys Jags. I think the Cowboys get the win here. Um, I also like the Cowboys minus four. Um, you know, I'm taking the I'm taking the Eagles. <laughs> oh no, we're on the next game. Jaguars. Huh? You're taking the Jags. I like it. I respect it. That is a pick that I'm like, you know what? I could see Jacksonville winning this game. Yeah, give me give me the Jags. And a boy. And a boy. I like that. Um, four point dogs at home in Jacksonville. Uh the over-under is 48. That's a little bit, that's a little high. I like that. Um Chiefs are beating the Texans. I know that the Cowboys gave Houston a fit. Kansas City is just the best team, in my opinion, in the AFC. Um so I'm going to go Kansas City. No reason for me to say Houston. But 14 points, Zach. This is with you and your big spreads. Listen, I'll take the Texans plus the points. But I'll I, take Oh, the- I know you will. And I know you will. I have no doubt that you will. Um, Good one here at MetLife. Lions, Jets. Yeah. Give me the big Lions win, on the road. Big win for the Jets. They need this. It's even, big. actually, to pick them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Detroit's going to take it, though. I think Detroit's just the hotter team right now. Hmm. You're right, though. The Jets do need this really bad. They need this win. Hungry Dog runs faster. Give me the Jets. I like that. You know, he said pick them. Yeah. Right? And these are two teams right now just outside the playoff bubble looking for that win. Um, and it's in MetLife too, and you know those Jet fans. You know they're seeing winning football, they're seeing playoff football, um, and they are going to be packing the place on Sunday. Steelers taking on the Panthers. Panthers are minus three over under thirty seven and a half. I like the Panthers at home. You know, I just sang their praises earlier about how they beat Seattle on the road. Give me Carolina yeah. at home. Could be a big matchup in the NFC South. Oh, wait, were you were you gonna pick between Pittsburgh or Carolina? Were you leaning yeah. one way? I'm going Steelers. Really? Yes. Defense? Defense. Defense? Okay, because I was gonna say because Mitch Trubisky might be getting the start too. Oh, really? Not Kenny Pickett? Not my boy. It, it might not be Kenny Pickett. I'll still go with the Steelers. So go with Steelers. This is the big match that I was talking about potentially in the NFC South. Falcons, Saints. Saints are four and a half point favorites at home. Desmond Ritter is getting the start for Atlanta. Marcus Mariota has been benched. Uh, I like New Orleans in this one. Um, Unless you think Ritter can go in and win his first. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Saints here. Yeah, it's tough winning a game in the Superdome enough as it is. Especially your first game. So this was supposed to be a Sunday night game, but it got flexed to four o'clock. Patriots Raiders. Uh, Patriots are one point favorites on the road in Las Vegas. Uh, I think they're going to get the win. Uh, Bill Belichick versus Josh McDaniels. Student versus master. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go New England. Um. This is tough. Give me the Raiders at home. 
I like that. That's not bad. No, not a bad one. Yeah, I mean, Raiders have been a decent team. Should have won on Thursday. They should have won. Yeah. Um, but some of the games the Raiders have lost this year have been, ooh, tough. Tough ones. Another 4 o'clock game. This, this one can be ugly. Arizona at Denver. Denver is three-point favorites. Over, under is 36. Do I have to take one? I don't want to take either. Yeah, really. <laughs> don't want to. This is going to be the slowest game of the week. Give me Denver, I guess. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. 425. Bengals at Buffalo. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get my pick. Oh, you didn't? No. I thought you said yeah to Denver, assuming that you were Denver. No, no. I'm picking the Cardinals. I just agree. Like, it's a crapshoot. Like, I don't know who to pick. Oh, okay. I'm going with the Cardinals. You know what? I'll ride with you with Arizona. I'll I mean, ride. Every, every time I've looked at a, a game and said, oh, the Broncos should beat them. They never did. It, as somebody said, it just keeps getting worse. As If you don't think it could get worse for Denver, yeah. it does. So, you know, I'll ride with you with Arizona. Bengals, Bucks. Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Over under is 44. I like Cincinnati here. Another team I sang the praises of earlier. So I can't kind of not pick them. Yeah. Wow. There's no Sunday night game. There is a Sunday night game. You're the Sunday night game, Zach. Oh, see, the Giants are up at the top of the list. That's why. Usually. That's why. That's why. I'm, I'm favorited as the Giants fan. So, it, yeah, that, are you, so you're in the NFL app? No, I'm on the ESPN. Okay, so that's how it does it for me with NFL is I favorite the Vikings, and the Vikings are always the first like game that pops up. It's weird how both like both apps do that. Both do that. Um, give me the Chargers over the Titans. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Chargers minus three over under 47 and a half. And are you agreeing with Cincinnati? Yeah, I'll take Cincy over the Bucks. I'll tell you this if Cincinnati and Carolina win, there's a tie atop the NFC South. Really? Mm-hmm. Between the Buccaneers and the Panthers. It's going to be an interesting division. And if the Falcons win, they're also 6-8. and eight. Yeah. It's, good. it's going to be fun to watch that down the stretch. It's like the NFC yeah. East a couple of years ago. Literally, it's exactly what it's, it is. It just reminds me so much of that. All right, Zach. Sunday night. When was the last time the Giants played in Sunday night? It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been a long time. Like I, I know they've done Monday night. I know they've done Thursday night. I don't remember the last Giants Sunday night game. Tony would have known. Yeah, he would um, know. Commanders are four and a half point favorites. Over under is 40 and a half. But you know what? I'll ride with you in the Giants. I think you can get it done. Think so? I'm glad you think that. I I think so. I really do. I said this last week. That's going to be a home game for you. Yeah. All the Giant fans are going to be coming down to DC to watch this game. And the Brian Dable in the bright lights is something I want to see. Me too. You know, it's something that I'm very much looking forward to. And he has been under pressure a lot in Buffalo. And he's been under pressure at times here too in New York. Um, give me, give me the Giants. Giants, all right. You uh, already you don't even need to ask. Of me. course, yeah. Um, Monday. Oh my God, the Rams and the Packers are on Monday Night Football. Oh boy. Give me, give me the Packers. I want to believe in Baker, but yeah, it's a tough one. That's that's it's tough to Lambo. Do you see the spread? Seven. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Rams cover. Yeah, I'd say Rams cover. I say Rams cover, but Packers win. All right. So so there's our picks um for this weekend. Before we go, want to touch a little bit about the World Cup. It is France and Argentina in the uh in the final, Zach, I know you, were heartbroken. you were heartbroken about Morocco. Was I, I wasn't happy about that. The saddest part about Morocco was they were so close so many times. Yeah. Finding the back of the net. They just, 
don't know. They just needed to figure it out. Couldn't do nothing. Argentina also beat Croatia pretty convincingly too. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it like four nothing, three nothing, three nothing? Um, now you know me. I was I've been riding the Argentina bandwagon from the word go this year. I was like, I just have that feeling it's gonna be Argentina's year. So I can't not pick Argentina in the final. And I think Messi in his final World Cup gets to hoist it uh, Sunday morning. Uh, who who are you leaning towards here? Um, probably on France. You think France going to repeat? Yeah, I think I think they'll win it again. Yeah, I, I can see. Mbappe is so good. I can see them doing that as well. Um, we're talking about the Cowboys earlier. They signed T.Y. Hilton. By the way, did they? Yeah, they passed on Odell and signed T.Y. Uh, Apparently, Odell might not play until 2023. He might just sit the rest of the year out. Yeah, I mean... I don't blame him. I, I, I don't blame him. I really don't. Cole Beasley signed with Buffalo. Um, Cade Cunningham is out for the year for the Pistons. Really? Yeah, the Pistons were not doing well already, but I think they're already on Wembenyama watch yeah. with, uh, with that one. And uh, and also congrats to Alex Ovechkin scoring his uh, 800th goal in a hat trick against the Chicago Blackhawks uh, last night. Uh, one final thing, Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. good for him. Good for him. I think he deserved congrats. it. Um, Army beating Navy. What a crap shoot. I can't believe they hit the over. It's the first time it was at 16, 17 years they hit the over? Yeah, 16 years, I think. Wow. Yeah. And we were talking about the World Cup just, just a little while ago. But uh, did you hear about Grant Wall, the American soccer journalist? Oh, I did, yes. That passed away. How heartbreaking is that? It's terrible. That's so, so sad. You know, all of us want to become sports media personalities and nobody should have to, to risk their lives doing what, what we want to do and what we love to do. Um, it was, that was very, very, very sad to hear and uh, thoughts and prayers to, uh, to him and his family. Don't want to end it on such a, such a down note. Okay. That's what we got to do sometimes. Oh, no, it's in regard to the Dodgers. <laughs> there you go. No, it's in regard to a one-year deal with the Dodgers. And uh, one-year 13 mil apparently had higher offers elsewhere, but Zach and I were talking about this before we hit the record button. This is ring-chasing 101. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> he is absolutely ring-chasing. Like, well, there's, you can't tell me he's not. <laughs> Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Just Two Men. Uh, yeah, just- every episode of the Too Many Men Sports Podcast available wherever you get your podcast. Hopefully we have a little bit more of a bigger crowd uh, next Tuesday or uh, next next Tuesday, Wednesday. We'll do an episode early next week. Uh, but we will see you then for another episode of Too Many Men. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.